0: Welcome to the Female Athlete Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to encouraging continued conversation to help female athletes in their sports journeys. We will tackle tough topics head-on, like mental health, injury comeback, leadership, friendship, and much more. Thank you for joining us.
1: All right, well, we are here today with uh, Kylie Joliker, right? Did I say that right? Yes, you do. <laughs> also known as Kylie Joy. Uh, Kylie is a certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist. Um, she is also a mind, no, sorry, a fit mind junkie, and she has her own podcast, um, and a golden doodle as well, which we love. Um, his name is Louie, and he, he is Not that you're not the star of your Instagram page, but he is, like, the co-star. So, um, and Kylie is also a former collegiate athlete. She played lacrosse. Where did you play lacrosse?
0: At Thomas College in Waterville, Maine.
1: Cool. Okay. And you are born and raised in Maine? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um, And she is, uh, like I said, she's the the co-founder of her own podcast. She does a lot with women in terms of their nutrition and their mindset um, when they kind of come to her a little bit hopeless, I think, in terms of, you know, I've tried everything and I'm probably over-exercising, and under-eating, and I'm not seeing results. Please help me. So um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is because college athletes and probably, you know, youth athletes up to high school athletes all suffer from Uh, body image, and we were just talking about this before we hopped on, in that there is this, uh, you know, it's kind of a push-pull against, you know, you want to perform, but there's also this body image uh, issue out there that, you know, and it's sometimes it's really hard to marry the two. So we're going to hop right into this. Did I miss anything in your bio? No, I think you covered everything. Great job. (laughs) All right, so, um, you know, one of the first things we want to talk about, and, and I And I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you speak because you're the expert. Do you think uh, most females suffer from negative body image? And if so, why?
0: I think this is a trend that's on the uprise. It's something that I think that we've dealt with for a really long time, but especially now that social media has been playing such a role in our lives and we're always seeing people's highlight reels. We're seeing all these quote perfect bodies or what we think are perfect with different angles and um, flexing certain ways and seeing that can put this um, kind of distorted view in our minds of what we should or what we think we should look like and that everyone looks this way when, in actuality, like 1% of people have like a shredded body and they probably not going to have that for most of the time. So we have these unrealistic expectations, but I think that is something that was present even before with, stuff that we pick up when we're younger that we don't even realize, like things that our mom says without meaning to, like, oh, I can't eat that because I didn't work out today, or I look fat, or I don't like the way I look at this, or just seeing the way that they look at theirsel- themselves in the mirror. And it's these natural human tendencies that we pick up when we're young and we don't even realize until we're older. And sometimes we don't even realize it when we, when we grow up too that we have these things stuck in our head about, these negative body images we have. But I think that it's definitely on the uprise with social media and people seeing these highlight reels and having these expectations of themselves when like everyone's body is so different. So to answer your question,
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, and to, and, and I think before we had social media, I think we saw it in publications and and we still, I think magazines are kind of on the down, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, social media for sure. Um, And then, I mean, obviously I think, you know, we're talking broad and, you know uh, from young females all the way up to you working with grown women now, you know, probably executives, people. So it's not just one particular age group. You think it's probably everybody.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think that, you know, when we get older, sometimes we do realize it. Um, it's hard to notice when we're younger because we're just kind of going through the motions. And I think that, you know, when we grow up and we get out of college and, um, it's a little bit easier to maybe see that and start to work on it. Um, but I think it's something that everyone struggles with from like some degree to another.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you think, like, you know, we're dealing in particular with female athletes. um, Do you think they have a harder time accepting their bodies? And, you know, when you do your one-on-one work with them, um, you know, what what are some of the things that you do to coach them through? Like, okay, you know, you want to perform, you need to do this and not be worried about X.
0: Yeah. So I think it has the potential to actually go in a very positive direction because they're doing something amazing with their bodies, but we have to switch that focus. So it's hard because we do have all these pressures as females in general for our bodies to look a certain way, and then you add high-level athletics on top of that, and then now you also have to perform A certain way. So your pressures with your, the way your body looks and then pressures that you're putting on yourself with the way your body performs. And a lot of times those two things don't really mesh together the way that you'd like them to. Like you want your body to perform a certain way. That means you're might not be aesthetically where you want to be and they don't always go hand in hand. Um, And I think that as a female athlete though, you really have the potential to look at the positives and switch your mindset, switch your focus and see what your body can do for you rather than what it looks like or what you think it needs to look like. So what I do with people in this situation is to really switch their focus on what is your body doing for you? What are the things that you love about your body? What is it? What are your strengths and how are you improving rather than what the scale says, what you think you see in the mirror, because it really, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at. There's always going to be something that you'd want to improve no matter who you are. You could be stick thin and you're going to want something different. You could be, you know, a little bit heavier and you could want something different. You could be in between and you could want something different. Everyone sees it something that they want to improve rather than what they love about themselves. We look in the mirror and we automatically think what we, um, what we want to change. Right. But it's funny because we look at someone else and we see their positives. We see what we love about them. Like why the hell don't we do that about ourselves? So this is one of the big things that I teach um, my clients that I work with is when you look at someone else, what do you see? Okay, you see her strong legs, you see her strong upper body, you see how fast she is, you see all these positives. You are never looking at the negatives when you look at someone, you see their strengths. So that's what you have to do when you look at yourself. And starting to focus on those things and you kind of retrain how your brain works and what you see in yourself, it takes time, it takes practice, just like. You don't eat one healthy meal and become healthy, or you don't do one workout and become shredded. It's something that you have to continually condition with your mindset to see the things that you love. And what's funny is when we focus on those things, you see more of them in your life. So you see less of the negative and more of the positive. And I also notice a lot with my clients too, when they do this, they get to their goals anyway, but the journey is a lot more enjoyable, so they're a lot more likely to stick to it, um, to have fun, and to really create these, like, healthy lifestyle changes rather than quick fixes or crash dieting or over
1: exercising or anything like that. Yeah, um, and so and in terms of, like, you know, because you were a college athlete, and so, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, you go from like, you know, when you're 12, you're like, I can eat a hamburger in between games <laughs> and nothing, you know, like your metabolism's through the roof. And then you kind of get to the high school age and then definitely in college, um, you know, do you think that there is a missing link in what we as coaches and even depending on what level you've played at that we don't cover in terms of like the performance piece and also, um, you know, accepting your body? Because they're, like you said, they're not always going to mesh. And so, like, what are some of the things you can do as, you know, the athlete themselves, the parents, and, you know, just, uh, you know, say, like, a club coach can help these, like, some of the same things that you're talking about. What are some simple things that they can do?
0: Well, one is the mindset, seeing what their body can do for them and seeing their strengths and the positives. And also, as far as, like, fueling their body correctly – like seeing food as a way to fuel yourself and paying attention to what you're eating and how you're feeling rather than I'm eating this because I'm hungry or I'm eating this because um, it tastes good or I'm eating this because I think I have to. Um, a lot, there are like two different ends of the spectrum, I feel like. People that eat whatever, eat a bunch of junk, and then they feel like junk and they have a hard time performing. That was me. I ate horribly <laughs> in college. And then there's the other. Like side of people that aren't eating enough and they're under eating, so having that education in place to really help them, guide them to make sure that they're fueling properly for their body is really important. Then the mindset piece and just the way that they're they're looking at themselves. And like I said, being a female athlete, I think it has a great potential to have a, um, a positive impact on their body image. Like this is a great opportunity to show them what their body can do. But I think having coaches and role models in place that are kind of preaching this and having them focus on it this way, instead of the under eating over exercising, punishing their body, overworking all of that. uh, I think that can make a really big difference too. And I think there is a place where you can mesh the performance and the other side of things where um, it comes together but it's just, I think the mindset piece is the biggest piece of it.
1: Yeah. It's like in, in terms of like, you know, cause I think you can say, okay, um, you know, 14 year old go ahead and eat healthy and they're eating healthy foods, but at what point, so if they, you know, if they're fueling their body to, to perform, say, you know, they're a volleyball player. So I work with a volleyball player. She's asking me about nutrition and I'm like, okay, well send me what you've eaten you know, the last two days, just so I could see what it is. And it's all healthy stuff. She Granted, she has no idea about like portion size or anything like that. Like at what age do you think it's a good idea as a female athlete to start tracking your food and understanding, like, do you think it's, do you think it actually hurts their mindset if they start using MyFitnessPal or something like that, that's calculating macros? Do you think there's an, an age that they shouldn't do that at? Like, you know, 14 and under, or, you know, what's your suggestion on that piece of things?
0: I think it really depends on the person, but, I think if people are in like high school even in like beginning of college I don't think that they need to track mm-hmm. at that point eat when you're hungry um make sure you're fueled properly as far as like are you how's your energy like paying attention to those signals rather than like the macros and stuff I don't think that anyone at that age should be tracking that's my personal opinion because mm-hmm. you want them to pay attention to their body and not what an app says okay you're eating this much so you should be at this and then they're disconnected from like how they're feeling and what's actually going on in their body. I think the best thing to do would be having them pay attention to how they're feeling, what they're eating and how they're feeling. That's going to be the best guidance, not a certain number that they need to hit because no matter what calculations you do, everyone's going to be different. Um, so I think just paying attention to what you're eating, how you're feeling, how's your energy? Are you tired? Are you, you know, wanting to go to bed at um, a super early hour? Do you feel bloated? Like what's going on in your body that can tell you how you should be adjusting what you're eating. Um, But I definitely don't think anyone in high school should be tracking their calories or macros or anything. I didn't do that in high school or in college. Um, But I mean, like I said, it it depends on the person at a super high level maybe doing something like that in college would be beneficial because then you can see, are you getting enough protein? Are you getting enough carbs? Are you getting enough healthy fats? Are you getting enough nutrients in your diet? Especially if that, you know, they're at a high level that could be really beneficial if it's someone that's, you know, probably under eating, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be my opinion on that.
1: You're thinking most of the time until you become like an adult female intuitive eating as a female athlete, you know, obviously picking the right foods, hydrating, and just listening to your body. Because I, I mean, I know, and you've probably done too, where you're tracking and then you become obsessed with the tracking and you're like, yeah. you have no idea if you're hungry or not, but you're like, it's telling me I need to eat more grams of carbs. And you're like, what am I going to eat? So yeah. I think that could probably hurt their mindset at that age.
0: Definitely, definitely. And at that age too, that's like prime time to start getting, building this connection with your body. And if you just start out by being kind of mindless to it and just following what you think you need to be eating for proteins carbs and fats then you're missing this whole um connection piece with your body that actually is going to tell you a lot more mm-hmm. than like a certain amount of macros and trying to hit right. that tell you
1: right okay and so and then building off of that um you know like what percentage of women do you think over exercise and under eat
0: a lot. Um, but I, also, this is a little skewed for me because most of the women coming to me right. are in that place of over and under eating. But I think there are plenty of people that aren't active enough and, um, over-eating. but the people that are coming to me nine times out of 10, they have been over-exercising and under eating. And so this is a pretty common, pretty common issue now, uh, at least in the fitness space that I, that I see.
1: Mm-hmm. And what are the effects of this cycle? Because I know, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it, you know, my sister struggled with that. And so what are some of the effects with it? And then how do you correct it? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it can lead to so many different issues within your body, um, a ton of different health issues. And a lot of the things that I see too that it leads to are one, binging and restricting. So when people are overexercising, under eating, they end up with this binge restrict cycle or this on and off again, like complete yo-yo Um, within diets and with exercise as well, because it's impossible to stick to if you're not eating enough and you're over-exercising. It's going to be so hard. Your body's just going to stop at some point. It's going to be like, all right, I've had enough. And then they go completely off and then they feel like crap. And then none of it is enjoyable because they're feeling like crap because they're not doing anything. And then they're feeling like crap because they're doing too much and they're not eating enough. So it's like miserable the whole time. I also see, as far as the body goes, slowing down of their metabolism. So I have people coming to me that are exercising a ton. They're eating like 1,000 to 1,200 calories, and they're not losing any weight. They have weight they, that they want to lose, and nothing is changing. It's because your body adapts. If it didn't, then you'd wither away to nothing. So if you're under-eating and over-exercising, it's not going to be very long until your body's like, okay, well, we can survive off of doing a couple hours of cardio a day and eating a thousand calories and not only does that suck if you want to try to reach your goals, but it's not good for your body. You should have an adequate amount of fuel for yourself um, and yeah it's just it creates this horrible relationship there's unhealthy relationship with food. And with exercise, like I said, you get to a point where you're not enjoying what you're doing because you're hungry and you're tired. And then you're also not getting to your goals. And then you know it comes a point where you just kind of give up and then you also feel like crap because you gave up. So there's like no positives within it.
1: Um,
0: And then I get this in this cycle of feeling like you have to beat yourself up with exercise to get a good workout in. So it's just unhealthy relationships with food and exercise, not maintainable, not fun, and it doesn't do anything good for
1: your body. Yeah. It sounds like a vicious cycle, which you can kind of on repeat with it. Um, So, and I I read something the other day that I thought was interesting, and I thought of you immediately. And I think obviously you serve a purpose and more, you know, in terms of what you do in, in serving this particular community with over exercising, under eating and changing mindset, but how many industries do you think would go out of business if all women woke up one day and were like, I'm okay with my body? Oh,
0: so many (laughs) Our insecurities are marketed to all day, every day. There are so many products and supplements and waist trainers and programs and diets and so many things out there pills Mm -hmm. to get us to think that, Oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, I do want to lose that weight. So I'm going to try it because it's like, they pick at all of your insecurities, but the thing is they are, there's a reason why they're doing it. It's because it works. Um, we let it work because we buy the products and it's funny because that industry is, I mean, it's a really big industry, but if we just, Listen to our bodies and um, kind of accepted ourselves and worked on everything a healthy way, then yeah, a lot of those things would be they'd be gone. They'd be out of business,
1: right? Like um, face creams would go out of business. I mean, and and then do you think we'll ever be able to sort of? I mean, I know you do great work with your you know Fit Mind Academy. That's what it's called, right? Am I making that up? No, that's right. (laughs) Um, In terms of changing your mindset, uh, but do you think we will ever really? quote unquote, fix this problem that women have with accepting themselves for who they are, knowing that like, hey, there is no perfect body and you may never get to whatever your goal weight is. And the goal weight is probably unattainable. And while you've picked that weight, who knows? But do you think we'll ever be able to correct this? And how do we correct it? I think,
0: yeah, I think that there will always be some of those things there because naturally as humans, we're going to have those insecurities. Things are going to crop up. Um but I do think that this is something that we can work on. The power of social media is also that we can spread a positive message and the more people spreading that message, that's going to eventually kick on too. So the more we talk about truth with health and fitness and exercise and, um, nutrition, the more people sharing quality information, I think the better that's going to be. And I think we are on the upswing more of more people sharing about, okay, you actually probably shouldn't be eating only 1200 calories a day, especially for the activity that you're doing. And this is how you should fuel your body. And you know, you should, um, you know, look at yourself a certain way, like in the positives, instead of trying to compare yourself to other people. I think the more that we share that, the more it will help. And just sharing that like you have to stay in your own lane. You cannot compare yourself to anyone else. Everyone's bodies are so different. And when you start to look at yourself for all that it is and all the positives and kind of look at yourself with a confidence that you would Want others to see you with. Um, I think that makes a really big difference too. But staying in your own lane, no matter what you see on social media, I think is huge. And the more we share that, um, I think the better that it gets, and the more people kind of realize um, the truth behind everything. Because everyone has insecurities. Everyone has something that they would want to work on. It's really just how you view it. So
1: yeah, that's, I mean that's awesome, awesome advice. And then in terms of like parents and coaches. Uh, working with female athletes, um, you know, what are obviously some of those things that you're saying, stay in your own lane, but like, you know, how would you talk to say like, I'm six year old, you know, Mm -hmm. I never say anything about, you know, like I'm fat or anything like that. But like, what are some of the things that you might see a parent doing that we can kind of self correct so that it kind of corrects itself kind of at the grassroots level before they get to 12 and they're like, I can't eat that that has 400 calories in it or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. I think you just, you just said it yourself is not focusing on that. And like I said before, focusing on how a food makes you feel. So instead of like, I can't eat that because it has a certain amount of calories or it's going to make me fat or other things that people say without even realizing I'm not, I'm choosing not to eat that way because it doesn't make me feel good. I'm choosing to eat this because it makes me feel good and and gives me energy. And having that positive connection with food, I think is really important. And also not Trying to restrict certain things, um, like allowing kids to still be kids mm-hmm. and not have an unhealthy relationship with food. Um, like, obviously, you don't want them to eat candy all the time, but mm-hmm. if they want like a treat or something, like allowing them to choose that. I don't have kids, so this is just coming from an outside perspective, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think allowing that and realizing that that is also a part of life and it's okay and not trying to control every little thing is really important. Um, but I think the whole what you eat and how it feels rather than any certain calories or whether it's quote, healthy or unhealthy, um, I think is, it makes a big difference. And then again, just focusing on, you know, what your body's doing for you and the strength that it has and all those positives
1: rather than like how it
0: looks mm-hmm. um, is important too.
1: Awesome. So before we get into kind of, you know, your programmatic work that you do and a little bit of other you know free resources and stuff that people can go to I wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, the pageant because I feel like and, and I was listening to your podcast the other day and you know and, and I think this is we did this well we haven't really touched on this but um, just like friendships and um, cause this all kind of, I do think stems with body image and com- the comparison game. Um, you know, when you were at the pageant and you, originally when you, you were like, what did I just agree to? Why am I doing it? <laughs> and, you know, like girls can be catty and that sort of thing, you know, from your takeaway from that whole experience and, and being, you know, with, I, I think it was the whole weekend, right. With a group of women aging from, I'm probably guessing like to, I don't know, what does it go up to from the Misses pageant?
0: It was, well, the Misses were, I think we had some in their 40s, um, but in the Miss for America division, I think 34.
1: Okay. is the oldest. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your takeaways. Like, what did you think going into it, you know, being, also being someone who is, you know, a female athlete, you might not, you know, necessarily, like, fit the, the typical mold mm-hmm. of what you thought, um, just give us a little bit of a rundown and maybe like going into it, what you thought. And then, you know, as you're going through the process, I loved your, um, your thought, like, I'm just going to be me because I think that kind of carries over into Mm -hmm. as a female athlete, like I just got to do myself. I got to be me
0: for sure. So to give you guys a little bit of background, if you don't know who I am, (laughs) which like a lot of you listening might not, I'm a super tomboy and always been an athlete. I never thought I would compete in a beauty pageant, But I, for some reason I said, yes, I'm all about getting out of your comfort zone. And I preach, you know, doing different things that scare you and just being confidently you with no matter what you do. So I said yes to a beauty pageant. And then I was instantly like, what, what am I doing? This is so out of my comfort zone, but it was a really great experience. So I will say going in, I did have even being a coach for mindset. I had these feelings and these thoughts of, okay, I'm being judged on how I look and it can really get in your head. But it, I quickly snapped out of it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into this being me. If they don't like what they see, then that's their problem, not my problem. So you really, I think with whatever you end up doing, you really have to own being you. And that's not something that always comes naturally to us because we're Sometimes we overthink what people think of us and we're so worried about that. But listen, it does not matter what Susie Joe thinks of you because 10 years from now, you're not even going to remember her. You have to do you. And that's what I went into this thinking and really trying to own. So I was a little nervous about the girls before I met them because you hear these horror stories about pageants. So you don't know. And yeah, so I was a little worried about that but then I met everyone and we had a whole weekend together too. And it was really just so much fun. Everyone was super empowering, supporting one, each one, one another. And that's also something that I think is really important too, is surrounding yourself with people that support you and encourage you and push you. That can make a huge difference. So being also being that person for other people as well, you're going to get more people like that in your life. So the weekend was a lot of fun. Um, Everyone, yeah, like I said, everyone was really supportive and encouraging, but I think that a big help was going into it being like, I'm just going to be myself. And I ended up placing third or second runner up. So third place, which was, I was really pumped with it like, this is so new for me. Yeah. And then you were the most inspirational woman. Yeah. I got the inspirational woman award, which, um, meant a lot to yeah. me. But I think the biggest piece was just being myself and being okay with it. I always used to second guess myself and be worried about what other people thought, or did I do well enough, or should I have said something differently, or should I have worn something differently? Like, just stupid things that we all worry about that really do not make a difference. Like, just be you, own it, and if people don't like what you have to offer, then that's their problem, not your problem. And you have one life to live, like just be confidently you. And I think that spills into everything Um, that spills into your work life, your relationships, your athletics. So yeah, again, going back to the whole staying in your own lane and just working on what you need to work on. Because think about like any sport, different positions are going to require different things, right? So, you can't compare yourself to someone else on your team. You have to do you and you have to work on you because their strengths, what they need to work on, all their skills might be slightly different than what you need to work on, or they might be completely different. So, you can't compare yourself to someone else. You have to just work on you and try to improve yourself and where you want to go. And when you do that, you're also going to see a lot more out of it. You're going to get to where you need to go faster, and the journey is going to be a lot more enjoyable.
1: I love it. And I think that we sort of as females, like that's where our mindset needs to be as a parent to, as opposed to comparing ourselves and competing, like, yes, there's a competing factor and yeah. like playing time and stuff like that, but stay in your own lane. I mean, those are, I just, I love that phrase. And so the the best part I think was the blue pantsuit because I was oh, like, where did you get that? And I love that. Were you the only one wearing pantsuit? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and that would be me too. Cause I, I mean, what are their, what, what were the options? Pantsuit?
0: Pantsuit. Um, so most, most women did dresses, which makes sense. You're in a pageant, you wear a dress, um, or you could do a jumper or you could do my coach was like, or you could do a pantsuit. I was like, Oh hell yeah. I am rocking a pantsuit. I love pantsuits. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And that, that was just me. I wasn't going to feel like myself if I walked in, in a dress, and I know I knew that they probably wanted someone that fit them all a little bit better, was wearing more classic dress. But at the end of the day, I didn't care. I'm going to be me, and that's how I'm going to feel most comfortable. So I was the only one in a pantsuit or anything like it, but I didn't care. And years ago, I would have been like, oh my God, I'm the only one in a pantsuit and been nervous about it. This time I was like, hell yeah, I'm the only one in a pantsuit. So it's really how you look at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I love my that. pantsuit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah awesome all right so let's pop into a little bit about like some of your programs uh talk about each of your programs what the cornerstone is and then are any of them suitable for high school collegiate uh female athletes Mm -hmm.
0: so my 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 big program my big academy it's a self-paced online academy where you get your own login and you have trainings online and there are a bunch of videos and Things that you can go through that cover the big piece, the cornerstone of that is mindset. So we talk about subconscious beliefs, where they come from, why they're important, and how they play a role in your journey. Um, we talk about habits and how you can properly train a new habit, how you look at yourself. Everything that has to do with mindset is what we cover. It also touches on nutrition, like how to look for what you should be eating, how to calculate you know, about how much you should be eating and pay attention to that. And then also it does cover exercise and like the basics of it, what to look for, depending on your goals, stuff like that. So that is my online Academy. That is really for anyone that wants to improve their mindset about around nutrition, exercise, bodies. That's really helpful. I do also offer one-on-one coaching um, that covers nutrition. So we look at what you're eating and what your goals are and how to make adjustments based on where you want to go and where you're at it's all stuff that's sustainable and more lifestyle changes rather than this is exactly what you need to eat and i'm going to give you like this meal plan with meals that you may or may not like like that's not my style my style is let's see what you're doing let's take a look at what we can do for shifts and move from there because after working with a ton of women I've noticed that that's what sticks around rather than giving them, telling them exactly what to eat. It's kind of like the teach a man to fish, you know? So, and then you get a workout program based on what your goals are, where you're at, and it's specific for you. And we also cover mindset as well. Mindset is a piece that I include in all of my trainings because that is really the glue that holds everything together. If you don't work on that, then nothing else is going to stick or it's going to have a very, very hard time sticking. And then I do also offer one-on-one nutrition, which just covers nutrition, and we do cover mindset as well, but it's solely nutrition rather than the programming, the exercise programming. So that's for people that are already doing a program or Following something or working with a trainer that they want to stick with and they need some help and guidance with nutrition. So, those are my main things that I offer. Um, And I do also offer free information through my podcast. It's The Fit Mind. Um, And I do have a free Facebook group too. (laughs) What's that?
1: So, the Facebook group is
0: free or? Mm -hmm. It is. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so the Facebook group is free. Um, That is, it's The Fit Mind uh, and I have a link in my Instagram bio as well. And I'm at Instagram at Kylie underscore joy and that's K I L E Y underscore J O Y. So you can find all the information there as well.
1: Awesome. So you just gave us some free resources, so I won't even ask you that question, <laughs> but, uh, Kylie, you are awesome. This is such great information for, you know, the the constituents that we're trying to talk to, um, from not only just the, nutrition and the fitness side but the mindset piece and you know i i hope everyone goes and checks out your stuff and follows you on instagram because it is a game changer especially like my sister and i talk about you all the time and that you're so positive and you're just so real um that you know i think this is a message that a lot of uh women in general but a lot of younger female athletes need to hear and need to start understanding um you know do you stay in your own lane and you know think about it, how your, like what your body can do for you. So I don't know. What else? Anything else? I
0: think that's it. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it so much. This was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no problem. Well, thanks again for hopping on with us on a, I don't know, what day is it? Wednesday morning. I I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to stop recording here in a second and I'll just catch up with you real quick.